clock has hit zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. The BYU Cougars drop their third game in a row. They lose at South Florida by a final of 27-23. to Welcome in to Cougar Post Game Live. Jason Shepard with you in our BYU radio studios. We'll get you back out to Raymond James Stadium coming up in just a few minutes. Obviously a very disappointing second half for BYU, and if you look at it, it really is somewhat of a carbon copy of what happened on the road at Toledo two weeks ago in the second half. The offense for the opposition making the changes and really getting things going on the ground. And that's really the biggest stat of the day, at least from my perspective, is that a team like South Florida that came in averaging just 140 yards on the ground finished the day rushing for 243, the majority of that coming in the second half. And that just was spelled doom for BYU. Cougars were able to keep things going and scoring and maintaining a little bit of a lead but ultimately, uh, with the ground game of the Bulls getting going, that got them uh, in position to score. Uh, and then, obviously, with Jaron Hall going out, and we still don't officially have any uh, information as to what sent him out. Uh, certainly, our our hope is that he's okay. Uh, but Baylor Romney comes in. In in my opinion, Baylor Romney looked pretty good. And I understand, I, I agree 100% with what Greg and Riley were talking about. He probably hadn't had very many snaps at all the entire season, uh, let alone being put in that situation and there was not it didn't look like he was anxious or nervous at all I, I give props to uh to Baylor Romney for coming in and looking as poised as he did but BYU comes up short 27-23 the final score and it doesn't get any easier because next week BYU coming home to Lavelle Edwards Stadium hosting the ranked Boise State team uh, that will be an 8-15 kickoff next Saturday night in Provo. We'll take a break, come back, and uh, we'll update you on other college football action on this Saturday afternoon. BYU falling at South Florida. Final score 27-23. More of Cougar Post Game Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. The Cougars come up short 27-23 on the road at South Florida. That's now three in a row that BYU has lost. They will be hosting Boise State next Saturday night, 8-15 kickoff from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, updating other action going on right now. Uh, They are nearing the end of this one at number two, Clemson. The Tigers with a 45-14 lead over Florida State. They've all but uh, locked that one up with 26 seconds to go. Also with a minute and a half to go in the fourth quarter, Texas Tech leading at number 22, Baylor 20-17. Red Raiders looking for the upset of the ranked Baylor Bears. Finals for you. Number one, Alabama defeats number 24, Texas A&M 47-28. A final in double overtime. A missed field goal in double overtime gives South Carolina the 20-17 win at number three, Georgia. Sixth-ranked Oklahoma defeats 11th-ranked Texas 34-27. Number eight, Wisconsin shuts out Michigan State in Madison. 38-0 is the final score. Number 16, Michigan wins at Illinois. 42-25. 18th ranked Arizona State, four better than Washington State at 38 
to 34. The Washington State Cougars now 0-3 in the Pac-12. That is certainly surprising. Temple upsets number 23, Memphis 30-28. And number 25, Cincinnati gets the win on the road at Houston 38-23. Coming up a little bit later on. In fact, this one kicks off in about 20 minutes. Uh, Number 9, Notre Dame hosting USC. Also number 10, Penn State at number 17, Iowa. 19th ranked Wake Forest hosting Louisville. 5th ranked LSU taking on 7th ranked Florida. At 6 o'clock Mountain Time, Oregon State hosting 15th ranked Utah. And then we mentioned Boise State in Provo next week. Boise at home. Home kickoff at 8.15 tonight as they host Hawaii. We'll take a break, come back and wrap things up here from Provo and get you back out to Raymond James Stadium. BYU Falls at South Florida 27-23. Cougar Post Game Live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. USF 27, BYU 23. The Cougars lose on the road. They fall to 2-4 and four on the season. Jaron Hall making his first start. Left the game in the fourth quarter with an undisclosed injury. Still waiting to get information on that. Baylor Romney came in. All in all, Jaron Hall had a really good game, 15 of 23 for 148 yards and a touchdown. Also uh, rushed 16 times for 83 yards and a touchdown. Jaron was playing really, really good uh, football. Unfortunately, like I said, was taken out and hoping to get some information, certainly hoping that uh, that everything is okay for Jaron Hall. Let's update you on other action on campus. Uh, BYU women's volleyball, ninth ranked in the country. They swept Santa Clara earlier today at the Smith Fieldhouse, 25-16, 25-11, and 25-10. I am going to get out of here in our BYU Radio Studios. I'm going to head across campus and head over to Southfield. Number six, BYU Women's Soccer taking on Pacific tonight. The Cougars are 11-0-1, looking to stay unbeaten, taking on the 3-9 Pacific Tigers. I will be on the call as soon as Greg and the guys wrap up postgame for football. Uh, I will begin pregame for soccer alongside Avery Walker. So I'm going to head over and get ready for soccer. We'll take a break, and then we'll get you back to Tampa where uh, Greg... Riley and Mitch will have more postgame coverage, including a player and coach postgame interviews. BYU Falls at South Florida 27-23. We'll have more uh, of postgame coverage coming up next with the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to postgame coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome back to Raymond James Stadium in uh, Tampa, Florida. And a, a quick reset here. BYU falls to South Florida by a score of 27-23. And this was a game BYU led all the way into the fourth quarter. Led 3-0, then 10-0, then 13-0. 13-7 becomes 16-7. And that's how we went to halftime. In the uh, in the third quarter, USF did score to make it a two-point game. But Jaron Hall's touchdown run put BYU back up 9-23-14. Jordan McLeod made it 23-21. And then uh, Jordan Cronkright puts USF in front 27-23 with 7.37 to play. Still enough time for BYU. 
but uh, time may have been somewhat of an ally. Uh, ally. Production was not uh, commensurate, and BYU does not get into the end zone. In its final three possessions, the BYU Cougars get de- In its final three possessions of the game, BYU gets down to the USF 22 field goal miss. Gets down to the USF 5 turnover on downs. It was fourth and seven. I think they got made five yards. We're two yards short. Right. They then hold USF. USF didn't get a first down to end the game. BYU gets the ball back on the punt. A couple of nice plays get them downfield. And ultimately, on a fourth down, and I think it was maybe 18 from the 20, uh, balls batted down to the end zone on a Hail Mary look, short Hail Mary, and, and the game is over. And so BYU, despite doing all, well, doing so many of the things you'd want to and need to do to win a game, don't do enough yet again. It's, it, was, it was Toledo, but worse. Yeah, no question, Greg. And there's something to be said for timeliness. You look at all of the yards. You look at BYU had more scoring drive. They had more yards. They had more time of possession. There were so many places in this game where they advantaged turnover margin. They were there. And and those are more the more visible or more deadly ones. One of the things that's jumping out to me as I look over this stat sheet, six sacks for a combined loss of 34 yards. 13, in addition to those sacks, 13 tackles for loss for 48 more yards. That means that South Florida kept you behind the line of scrimmage, put you in 19 negative well, plays. They do count the sacks as TFL. Oh, those are double yeah, counted. Yeah, yeah, double okay, counted. Th- yeah. thank you. So then, But either way, 13 is a big number. My goodness. And uh, you just – you got – meanwhile, and that was a shift. They started off with a lot of uh, – Tackles for loss in the first in the first half. Then there was a gap in the middle, but then as USF seemed to start to build momentum, as they as pretty much halfway through the third quarter, they said we're not going to throw the ball anymore. We're just going to continue to run. And they only ran a couple of plays. They ran a, a guard pull play, and then they ran a, a power play where they pulled the H back and the guard around. And those running backs just it was that it was pull left, pull right, and make their way down the field. As that happened, BYU seemed to be able to. Or it seemed to stall in being able to produce what they were producing on the ground. And ultimately, whether you want to talk yards or productions, you have to put the ball in the end zone. And that was, unfortunately, the death nail for the Cougars today. After today, BYU's now been outscored in the fourth quarter alone, 54-22. to And the finishing touch has been lacking uh, in the last two weeks with third-quarter leads and again, I, I, you know, you, people who follow me on Twitter and and some, you know, know that I, l- I love the trends and the stats and what carries and doesn't. But uh, BYU under Kalani had been really solid at keeping second quarter, uh, rather halftime and third quarter leads, and making them hold up for wins. Well, in each of the two last games, uh, neither of those things have held for BYU, and that was a, a failsafe for a long time. Uh, led at halftime at Toledo, lost. Led after three quarters there as well. And led out to after the first, second, and third quarters here tonight, and just did not find the way to finish it out. And there were there were times tonight where you figured BYU had done enough or was in the process of doing enough. And I think when uh, when Chaz Ayu uh, gets that INT late in the third quarter, you kind of felt right there that uh, USF had had maybe made one too many mistakes tonight, and that BYU would uh, kind of be off and running at that point. And it didn't really happen. It did it because in part BYU did not advance the ball in the ensuing possession. And then the weirdest of weird plays, and I'll be curious to find out, you know, what went down on, uh, in that situation because uh, Danny Jones was brought in and uh, and fumbled the snap, and uh, that resulted in a recovery and then an ensuing USF score that uh, kind of flipped the game. Let's head down to the BYU locker room area. We, we believe we can hear Kalani Sitake at the podium. Well, 
obviously very disappointed in the outcome of the game and the result. And, uh, you know, we got have some things to address and improve on from this week to, to next week when we play a ranked team, you know, coming to home. So uh, take any questions that you guys have for us, have for me. Yeah, I had to go watch the film, but it looked like we were getting knocked off the line of scrimmage, you know, and they're knocking us off the ball and, and getting, getting chunk yardage. And you give them credit because they, they were able to move the line of scrimmage. And, you know, we felt like we had, a good, had it pretty sound up in the first half, you know, and uh, fell apart. And so uh, guys not holding the ground and guys getting knocked off the ball. It became a fight, and I think they beat us in the second half and we were able to get some yards. And it didn't help that we made a lot of mistakes, and it was all three phases, you know, but – Defensively, we talked about stopping the run. That was the key, and uh, we weren't able to do that. You know, especially in the second half when it mattered the most, and that's what gave them opportunity to score points. Yep, very frustrating, and so I'm, I'm really, really frustrated right now about that. So, um, yeah, I'm, once again, evaluate everything, and, and this is not the type of defense that that. Uh, that I expect from our guys and from our staff. And so that has to be a huge area of improvement. I thought it was supposed to be from last week, from last game to now. So that's that's something that obviously I have to be really on top of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Diane wasn't, wasn't healthy, wasn't able to go. We're hoping that with the week off after the Toledo game that he would be able to, to go. But if he's a game time decision, and uh, just didn't feel right, and so um, we didn't want to put him in harm's way. I think he wanted to be in the game, but um, you know we're always going to lean on our on our training staff and make the right decision, and that's that was the reason why he wasn't in the game. You guys pride yourself on being physical, especially in the trenches. Why are you losing some of these stuff like these trenches? Yeah, that's that's the answer. That's the answer I have to come up with. You know, and, and I thought we have addressed it from last when the Toledo game to this one, and and now obviously you have to readdress everything and. That's my job as head coach, and this 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 is something that that uh, you know I'm going to have to really really evaluate and make sure that we get it fixed. There's a lot of things that we can fix from this game, and so credit to South Florida, they made some big time plays, and I thought they um, they were to you know hang their hat on the run game and then be able to create some shots because of that, and and we couldn't get off the field early enough. You know, the first half I think they had 20 plays, and then um, second half they really took it to us, and so we still had time of possession. We had ton. We had 89 plays to their 58. We came up with 23 points. And so we had a lot of opportunities in the red zone to score. Came out with, with uh, less than a touchdown, you know. So that's – or in a, a field goal attempts. And so that's not going to work. And we talked about scoring more and getting more touchdowns, and, and those things didn't, didn't happen. What have you seen just as far as the, the fact that you aren't getting to that point? Mm-hmm. Unable to get the ball Yep, that's what I get paid to do, figure it out. I'll, and so that's – it, it, everything's – up in the air right now for for this, and we're too good of a team for us to be having this many issues. Baylor came in at a really tough time for some of the new corners in there, but obviously looks like he's been pressed pretty well. What do you mean by his play in the last couple of minutes getting thrown in? Yeah, I thought I thought he showed great poise, you know, and and um, he he has a, a lot of confidence in his ability, and and uh, we've seen him do a lot of things in, in the past year that he's been here, been able to work with uh, a Rod and be able to. Um, you know, be on the same page. I thought he came in and, and looked like he was uh, 
didn't really miss much of a beat, you know, with with uh, Jaron being out. And so, um, you know, just I think wish we'd have had a little bit more of the conversions and would have had more time to win the game. Injuries. Yeah, it's football. You know, we, we talked about depth the entire offseason, and so we're going to test the depth, and we had to test it in this game. We had to test it last week, and we've been able to have, we had to test our depth all, all, all year long. And so the game of football is really physical. Guys get hurt, and uh, we think we've done a good job of developing the young guys and developing our depth, and uh, now we're going to be able to test a lot more of it than, than we even anticipated. Um, don't have a lot more to go off of than he wasn't able to go. Training room said he was out, so I um, probably give you a little bit more details on Monday. But right now, it's I'd be guessing if I told you. Yeah, there's some good things. You know, I think he uh, we 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 got some sacks. I think he if we're going to evaluate him, I thought he held on the ball a few times too long. But um, when you have a guy that can run like that, he creates a lot of a lot of plays. That's what he did. He created some big time plays and scramble and. I thought he ran the ball really well when we gave him that opportunity. So for the most part, I thought he made good decisions. We just, I thought we marched down the field. We just got to punch it in. You know, I, I, I don't know all the, the the numbers, but for the last two games, it would be interesting to see the, the issues that we've had in the red zone or the tight, you know, the 25-yard line, 30-yard line going in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, you know they, they bring a lot of pressure. Coach Strong does that a lot to, to try to handle the run. I, th- I thought for the most part, our guys, our run game was, was showing up and doing some good things. But we also get the ball downfield. We just uh, the drives that were stalled were, you know, some of the mistakes that we made, and a lot of it has to do with whether, whether it's scheme or play calling or or uh, or not not executing. All of it matters. All of it goes into the evaluation part process for me. Yeah, I think he was concerned about the pressure that was coming. I'm not sure. I have to, I have to ask him, but you know, we, you, I think he wanted to give us a shot. Like I think uh, two weeks ago, the ball went out of bounds. You know, so this one, I think he wanted to keep it in there, and they made a play. We we just put ourselves in a bad spot. You know, we were up 23 to to 14. So um, I hate to blame the guy on the last throw. You know, there's a lot of things that we did along the way on special teams, defense, and offense that didn't didn't allow us to get the win. Yeah, I just told him that this is going to be a real gut check for us, you know, and, and for us to focus on all the details and of everything that we do, you know, um, from classroom and, you know, in the, in the classroom to off the field to on on the field. And so uh, this is a true test of their character, and I'm looking forward. I told him I had a lot of faith in them and believe in them as a team and believe that, that, that they loved each other and they love this game of football, and we'll, we'll learn from this. You know, this is a huge opportunity for us to when we're facing um, some adversity to, to respond the right way and um, the fighters will respond and I have a lot of great fighters in that room so we'll be able to respond from this yeah I do and and um, you know so I, we'll see how Jaron goes if, if it's uh, Baylor's turn then, then we'll see Baylor get on the field and you know, we've got some guys that, that um, may be questionable for next week, and those other guys got to step up. And you know, I think we still have another quarterback in, in uh, Joe Critchell that's out there that's played some some reps as well. So 
Uh, next guy's got to step up and be ready to, to answer the call if their number's, number's up. All right, guys, thank you. But that is Kalani Sitake. More from Tampa after this. USF 27, BYU 23. Today's final score on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to Raymond James Stadium in uh, Tampa, Florida. Final score today is USF 27 and BYU 23. The Bulls go to 3-3. Three and three. BYU falls to 2-4 and four on the year. And this is the uh, Cougar Locker Room Show. We hope to head back down to the Cougar Locker Room Show at Locker Room area. In fact, we'll do it now because running back Wopini Katoa is at the podium. Yeah, it hurts. Uh, everybody's hurting, and it should hurt because um, we know we're a great team. It wouldn't hurt if we, you know, if that's who we were, but we know like that's not how how we are as a team. We know we're better than that, and so it, it hurts. Uh, I'm not sure exactly on on what the coaches were thinking, and I don't uh, doubt them in any in any way. Um, my biggest thing is just making sure that I put myself in the best position to to be ready um whether that's if i need to be more conditioned whatever that may be i just gotta you know look to myself and see what i can get get better at yeah yeah that's that's the truth uh we would have finished our drives we would have won the game and so i'm not sure exactly what that is um watch the film um, but it's, it's going to be, my guess is going to be uh, various, various things um, that we can work on and get better, whether that's cleaning up our perception in the red zone, um, hitting the seams harder in the run game, uh, making that third-level miss. Um, whatever it is, I know we'll get it right. I was impressed. I was super impressed, mostly – um, with the leadership they brought to the field. Um, I looked in Baylor's eyes on that last drive, and he had no hesitation. And I was I was super happy, super excited to see that in him. And he took us down, and he fought hard, and, and I'm proud of Baylor, proud of Jaron. They both fought their butts off tonight, and, and uh, yeah, just all good things to say about them. Yeah. Uh, to me, this it just kind of lights a fire inside, you know. Just um, Monday is where the game is completely in the past, but it's still there, and that's just a, it's a fire inside of me that that uh, I'm gonna practice harder. I'm gonna do little things better this week so that uh, I don't have you know the same issues this next week. So it just lights a fire inside of in me, and I know uh, all the team feels the same way. Uh, yeah, like I said, like I'm, I can't really put a finger on it. Uh, I'm sure when we watch the film, like, like I said, we'll, 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 we'll be able to see what we're lacking, see what needs to change. Cause obviously something needs to change. 
whether that's our execution, whatever that may be, I know we're going to find it out because uh, we work too hard throughout the week to, to let that just, you know, go under the table, go under the rug. So I know we'll, we'll get that figured out. Yeah, I, I was impressed with the O-line. Uh, I felt like they opened up a lot of seams. Um, with the limited reps that I've had up to this point, I feel like today, like today there were some, some big-time seams compared to in the past. And so I was impressed with their play. Um, obviously, like you said, uh, we still were coming up short, but there's a lot to build off of, I feel like. Who's the first safety that you guys used the game following I'm not too sure like why that is the way it is. I know that during the bye week, it wasn't a, a week off for us. We fought hard. We competed. We did, you know, uh, ones-on-ones, uh, offense-defense. So we simulated, you know, high uh, intense um, competition scenarios. And so I don't feel like the bye week hurt us at all uh, this, this year around. Um, we got better. I feel like I got better during the bye week. And so I'm not really sure, you know, why that happens. Yeah, um, my heart goes out to them, you know, first and foremost, because they put in so much work, um, and it, it sucks to see. Um, but going on with that, I feel like it gives us more motivation to to step up and get the job done, because uh, you see how much work they put in, and we don't want the the team to skip a beat. So when I saw Tyson go down, I knew that I was I need to step up, and so it it lit a, f- a fire inside of me. And I know it's the same with uh, Baylor when he came in. I saw the same th- look in his eye, and so I think the the biggest thing is just having confidence. Because um, we have the bodies to to step up, next man up uh, mentality. Uh, it's just uh, just gaining that confidence, um, and I think that that, that what we'll do. Uh, it's it's definitely going to be be nice to play at home. Um, to to show you know to work to get a win in front of our our home crowd and also like with it being Boise State you know that that's, that's going to be a, a good challenge for us and one that that we love to have um, because of just our history with them you know so I think it's the perfect the perfect game to follow up in this game and I'm excited to to go play them next week at home. All right, we'll come back here from uh, Isaiah Kafusi next. This is BYU's Cougar Locker Room Show. From Tampa on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Provo Land Title Company. At title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. BYU falls to USF today here in Tampa, 27-23. Isaiah Kafusi was to be speaking at the podium. Let's head down to the Cougar locker room area now. Being able to trust, you know, what, what's asked of us, and then just we got to do it. We got to execute it, and uh, 
and really just we got to know our job. You know, I think that's one thing too is we, we got to know our 111th and we got to be able to just execute it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was too bad. You know, I think we were all kind of fired up, um, and I think guys felt pretty good. You know, we had, you know, had a good week of you know practice this week, and and we um, really focused on nutrition and staying hydrated. And and I don't feel like you know I, I feel like our effort you know in the second half was was still there. I mean, we were playing hard. Um, guys were flying around. We had getting tackles, but it just you know just not really being able to execute. I think you know one or two guys. <clears throat> Excuse me, one or two guys, you know, that that really weren't, and, and I was kind of, you know, at fault. I take a lot of that on myself um, for not executing to the the best of my ability. Yeah, I think for us and our defense and, and the players we have, we just we just play straight up. You know, we we try not to uh, <clears throat> um, let their play or their game plan really affect us. You know, we we really try to just bring, you know, our personality, and uh, we, we know that it, it's worked and it's done really well. And so, um, it, it's just more so about, you know, we got to do better at, at being ourselves um, and not really letting you know the other team, um, you know really dictate what we're doing, you know, and, and so I think, um, you know, sometimes that's that's bringing the pressure and, and, and really, you know, making them force their hand, but I, I think mostly it's just doing what we do and, and trying to do it to the best of our, our abilities. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when all three phases of the game, you know, play together, I think it's pretty easy to play. You know, kind of was like that in the first half. You know, you see, you know, we got that turnover and then, you know, the offense can, can roll down. And, uh, you know, I think it just takes a lot of pressure off. But um, really where the game matters most when when you don't score the touchdown and how do you respond, you know, when you, you muff the punt or, you know, the, the punter doesn't get the catch the ball and then they get the ball, you know, and, and we have to take the field. It's really just how you respond to adversity. You know, that's really where where it counts. Yeah, I, I think it's it starts with us. Um, you know, coaches have really preached. You know, we got to respond to adversity. And and you know, I thought we did, we had some really great plays. We, we you know after that punt, we stopped them. You know, the defense stopped uh, USF and. Uh, we responded really well, and then sometimes, you know, when things don't go our way, we don't respond as well. So I, I really think it's, <clears throat> you know, we—that's the big question—is how do we how do we respond? You know, how do we change that? And uh, you know, as a leader, I, I have a, a few ideas in mind, but I can't really pinpoint anything. It's, you know, we got to go back, look at the film, um, listen to the coaches, kind of what they have to say, and then and try to find, you know, what it is that helps us to respond. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with him. You know, there's, um, 
I just I we haven't played our best game yet, and then that's kind of what he I think he means, you know, when we're reevaluating everything is how how do we get the guys on the field? How do we get the play calling? Uh, what's the scheme to really play the best game? And I think that's what he means by reevaluating everything is is how how do we you know how can we win? Who needs to be on the field to to make that happen? Uh, what play calls need to be play uh, called and um, who you know. And and how do we execute it, right? So I think that's really what it means, and, and uh, I agree with him. I you know I think that that we need to find, you know, what it is that that allows us to play our best game. Thank you guys, appreciate it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and uh, one more BYU player we'll hear from next. We think it'll be uh, James Empey, and that might be coming up right after this break on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, today here in Tampa, USF picks up an FBS win over a team not named UConn for the first time since the middle of last season. They were 2-9 and nine in their last 11 FBS games. Both wins came over hapless UConn. They get a better win today. They get BYU here in Tampa, 27-23. Cougars fall to 2-4 and four on the year. And now they got Boise State ranked. Boise coming to their place on Saturday night. Uh, down at the Cougar locker room area, James MP was to be next. He's not quite at the podium yet. So uh, we will uh, head down there now. We believe James is coming to the podium right this second. So we'll head down. Um. Uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, we'll see. There's a couple guys that went down in the game, and and we'll see how they're doing. And we're praying for them and their families. And um, we just uh, we we have some good depth, and we just gotta have the next guy ready to go. I mean, uh, people get hurt every season, and and uh, good teams can can bounce back from that, and and uh, we hope to do that. So just praying that um, everything's not too serious. I don't I don't know what what uh, is is going down with with the guys that are hurt. We're just praying that everything's uh, not too serious and that they get better as soon as they can and uh, and can recover. No, neither of them did. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, uh, it I, it was a it was a rough game, you know, a game that we felt like we we're, we were in position to win, and and we didn't, and uh, so the morale. I mean, you got a lot of competitive guys in there, a lot of the guys that live for. For Saturdays and and uh, so I mean, losses hurt. Losses hurt, but uh, but we're we're gonna bounce back. Uh, uh, even though everybody's kind of hurting, uh, there's positive vibes. We're gonna we're gonna bounce back and we're gonna be okay. And um, and that that's what we're focusing on, right? I mean, we're, we're gonna watch the film, see what we need to do better uh, and get better. And and that's the bottom line is what we need to do is get better and and uh, attack this next week. I'm I'm not sure. It's something that we'll have to look at. It's something that we'll have to watch the film on, and um, it, it is something that we definitely have to get better at um, moving forward. It's a, it's something that we gotta improve on, and, and we gotta put points on the board. We gotta score when we're down there because uh, 
I mean, we were moving the ball pretty good. We just got to take advantage of, of different opportunities that we have and, and, uh, and get points on the board. Um, this week, this week he got a lot of reps. He got, he got a lot of reps. He played really good in practice, and I felt like when he came in, he um, did exactly what he needed to do, exactly what we needed. Um, we had a chance to get down there. We were down there, and we, you know, had a couple of plays to try and get in the end zone before time expired. And, and Baylor, you know, he drove us down there. He did a really good job. He made good decisions, and and I'm I'm proud of the way he stepped in. When when you have to step in in a, a tough time like that, you need. Um, you need a guy like Baylor who can just say, "Hey, it's you know, it's my turn, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get it done." And and he he put us in a good uh, situation there at the end of the game, and I was I was proud of the way he stepped in. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's exactly kind of how you just said it. I mean, you're glad you got points on the board, but you want a touchdown. You know, you want seven, not three. So um, that that's kind of just the bottom line is. Is you got to find a way to get it in the end zone if if you want to be able to um, put a game out of reach. I thought he did good. Um, I, I thought Clarky played good. Uh, well, obviously we'll have to watch the film, but I I mean, just like just like how we were talking about Baylor, sometimes your numbers called and it's your turn to play, and you got to be ready and. Uh, he came in and, and held his own, and, and uh, I was proud of him. It felt like it felt like we were get, able to get into a little groove. The backs were finding the the cuts, and and we were getting on people. And um, I mean, there's a lot that we need to improve on, and, and it wasn't perfect, but I felt like. Uh, maybe we take to, took a little step forward there in the run game, um, but uh, obviously it, it wasn't enough to to win the game. And um, we need to look at it going forward, check out the film, and, and and figure out what we can do better. And it'll be a collective effort of everybody on the football team to to get better. But uh, that's what we're gonna do. I mean, uh, like like I was saying earlier, we got a, a whole locker room full of a bunch of competitive guys, guys that want to win, and and guys that take losses pretty hard. So, I think everybody's reevaluating things, um, starting with themselves, um, reevaluating uh, how they need to play, what they need to do better, and and so I mean, when he says that, that's everybody, everybody on the team is doing the same thing. They're reevaluating their. They're they're trying to get better um, because we got guys that want to win and 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 uh, and get better. So after the uh, there were four sacks in the first quarter that may have been due to a lot of different things. Jerry's first time playing it didn't seem like today made an adjustment or played uh, all, a little bit more together and got that fix. What was that just again? Um. I don't know if we made any certain adjustment. Um, sometimes you just come out to a game and and uh, you know things are everybody's flying around, things are happening, and and you just kind of get a feel for it. And and we came out uh, really aggressive. We came out firing off the ball and and trying to play hard. We wanted to 
um, to bring the fight, and, and I thought we did. But uh, you kind of just, um, as the game goes on, you just feel everything out a little bit more. And I don't know if there was any adjustment we made, but um, uh, obviously any adjustment we made wasn't enough, you know. So we need to evaluate ourselves, look at it, and get better. Thanks, everybody. All right, that'll do it for the Cougar Locker Room Show today. We'll head. We'll hear from the coaches coming up next on the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Kalani Sitake and also some words from USF's Charlie Strong. Strong's Bulls beat the Cougars today by a score of 27-23. BYU led almost all the way. The Bulls take a fourth-quarter lead to make it stand up for the win today here at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. And the, and the uh, Bulls took that lead with uh, 7.37 to play in the fourth quarter. BYU could not find a way back. And, uh, in fact, uh, BYU did have a 13-play drive that ended up turning over on downs, giving BYU now on the year 13 drives of 10-plus plays, none of which have ended with a touchdown. That's a problem. That's one of the reasons BYU's 2-4. and four. We'll come back and uh, give you the coaches next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, apologies on the previous audio difficulties. We're probably not going to hear from uh, Charlie Strong. Uh, the audio just wasn't uh, um, uh, usable uh, to our broadcast standards, so we're not going to have that for you tonight. But we will have Kalani Sitake joining us uh, momentarily as soon as he's ready to go as they get ready to hit the bus and hit the airport and, and get on out of here. BYU falls to USF tonight by a final score of a 27-23. And, um, you know, at 2-4, and four, BYU still has to find a way to, to find four more wins to get to the postseason. And uh, as you break down the schedule – Three of the games you'd like to count on. And again, nothing is for sure in this game. But when you have Idaho State, that's an FCS. BYU's never lost to an FCS, so that's one. UMass on the road. It's on the road, but it's UMass. And UMass is one of the lowest-ranking teams in every possible measure this year. You'd like to think you get that one. They got them last year. You get Liberty at your place. That's That's got to be a win. So then you have to find one more win somewhere. And and uh, they'll likely have to come in, in one of the games for which BYU will likely be, I would think, an underdog. I I wouldn't see them being favored. uh, Well, clearly they're not going to be favored against Boise State this Saturday. They won't be favored, I wouldn't think, at Utah State. And then you've got to go to San Diego State to end the season. And a lot can happen between now and then, but San Diego State's one of the best defensive teams in all of college football. So you might have to somehow find a way to win as a road favorite. Now, BYU did that at Tennessee, but they've um, failed to win each of the last two games, played as road favorites at Toledo and now at, at South Florida. So things get difficult and trying to find six wins right now. Now, if you do, that means you've beaten some good football teams or a good football team. You're going to beat either Boise or Utah State or San Diego State likely to get to that number. But, Riley, the fact is you're looking at the number now, and now the, the season goals come down to can you get to six, you're two and four at the halfway point. Um, thoughts or just, uh, just yeah. impressions on that? Well, um, as you were going down through the schedule, I still have uh – and many people know this, but I, I had two brothers on Utah State's team. One graduated. I have one left, so I get the opportunity. He plays a lot of special teams, and, you know, you never know. We saw Baylor Romney today. He's kind of in that position, and so I, I keep up with Utah State. One, 
Well, that is formidable. They've lost the last two years, and last year was a whooping, and they still have, you know, at least to this point, healthy players in Jordan Love and Gerald Bright and David Woodward and and some of those productive players. They lost their two best receiving threats in C.O.C. Mariner and Caleb Rep uh, last week against LSU, similar to how – so the body count, although not as severe as it is for BYU, it's – the body count's getting up there a little bit for Utah State, and really in two two key positions there too. So I, I'm just giving some a little bit of light of hope there. Obviously, we got to get through Boise another bye week of preparation and see what Utah State looks like two weeks from now. But that's a game rivalry game. Hopefully, the team will be able to be up for it and, and get it. But uh, man, the other thing is, as I mentioned, the body count and just a reminder: we saw Keanu Saliapaga go out. We saw Shelf go out twice. Um, lower left leg in- Hodge, injury. Hodge was already out. Hodge was already out Gumwalu to begin with. Gumwaluku didn't play. Yeah, Gumwaluku didn't play. Chaz Ayu came off uh, with a limp with a limp uh, arm, a limp wing, and we didn't see him come back in the game. And then obviously we lost Jaron Hall. So uh, on top of Tyson Williams and Zane Anderson and Zach Wilson and all yeah, those players. It's been that brutal, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been the attrition's been just brutal. So so they, they are not excuses, though. And, and one of the things, you know, when you lose, say little. When you win, say less. Is one of those common cliches in sports and for athletes and dealing with the media. But you can slip into acceptance um, very easily when you have that big of an excuse to fall back on. Well, we've lost seven or eight day one starters on offense and defense, including key positions like quarterback and running back and some things like that. And and you know, I'm sure these players are coached on given the platitudes and. I, one of the things that, and I won't, you know, be able to be in practice or in the meeting rooms and see it day to day. But one of the things I sure hope happens is is that there's some emotional response that people get angry or they get extremely, um, really just fed up with losing game, and not only losing games, but losing games in this manner where you have leads going into the fourth quarter and you give them away, and you give them away not through flukes, not through things like that, but simply getting dominated up front and allowing teams to rush for almost 200 yards for you in two court in the second half when the game is on the line. So uh, I'm I'm frustrated. <laughs> I, I know the coaches are feeling some frustration. I hope, though, that the players, that it doesn't just become, you know, empty talk, that those guys really take it to heart and that they, they make the necessary changes. Because I think this is still a good football team. And Kalani mentioned the depth that needs to step up and provide and and it's an opportunity for a lot of players, a lot of young players, uh, to come in, play with heart, and correct the mistakes that have been made through the first half, the first six of the season that's landed them at 2-4, and four, and try and reverse that for the second half. Well, you know, I mentioned the six-win objective, which means you're, you're, you're playing in the postseason, and, you, and BYU has that agreement. But, you know, that said, um, it's about getting the, the third. And if it doesn't come against Boise State, which would be a massive upset, that means BYU will go from – mid-September to early November without a win. You know, the entire month of October, there's only two games being played in this month, and, and you've already lost one, and now you have to stage the big upset against. If that doesn't happen, you go from September 14th against USC, needing to wait all the way until November 2nd at Utah State. If you don't win as, an up, as a road underdog there, which is likely, then you're talking about November 9th. You could go almost two months between. That's just far too long for any program to go, any BYU program to go without tasting victory. Right, You could because <laughs> winning is contagious and so is losing. And it becomes hard when you lose that feel and you, lo- you just lose confidence. When, when you're able to have a win and remember what it felt like in that week during USC, what the practice felt like, what it felt like to be coming down to the wire to – 
tie that ball game and for and to have your teammates celebrating with your teammates making big plays in overtime that s- swung the momentum of the game when it goes two months without ever experiencing that the memory fades and you lose the knowledge of of how you made that happen and how it felt for that to happen to you and then you lose hope that it can happen to you again and so that's a uh, a pretty dismal cycle that the Cougars can hope to avoid in the next week. All right, Kalani Sitake coming up in two minutes here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU falls for a third consecutive outing, 27-23 to South Florida. We're back at Raymond James Stadium, Tampa, Florida. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake now joining us. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson upstairs here in the booth. And uh, Kalani, today was a day in which you you guys did so many of the things you wanted to do. Um, Ran the ball well, ton of yards, ton of possession time, plus plus in the turnover margin. Um, All the things you want to get done on the way to a win, and somehow we're talking about a loss. It's got to hurt. Yeah, just uh, too many mistakes again, and they caused them. You know, we weren't able to put them away when we should have, and, uh, um, you know, they credit to them. They were able to make some plays and, and come away with the win, even though the stats, uh, you know, favored us. We, we had uh, way too many breakdowns, and, and, you know, we did some things that were good, but uh, overshadowed by the our, our you know, inability to stop the run in the second half by the defense, and, and our inability to score in the red zone when we're on offense getting touchdowns. You know, we, we were down there quite a bit again, and then we made mistakes on special teams as well. Uh, I gave up some big returns and, and uh, obviously turned the ball over on a, on a punt. So uh, those situations all combined gave us a loss, and it's very frustrating. And, you know, just trying to find a way to get back so we can, uh, you know, have this team perform a lot better next week. In your post-game press conference, you said you, you, you wondered what the stats would be on, on possessions inside a certain yard line, and I can tell you this. The last two games, Toledo and USF, you've had possession inside the 35 16 times and eight scores with five of them being touchdowns. So that's eight empty drives and um, probably not as many touchdowns, well, certainly not as many touchdowns as you need to win games. Yeah, and and uh, need to spend more time finding a way to get it in the into the end zone. And so... Um, that combined with a lot of guys that, that are, you know, um, on the field. And, and we had some, we had to replace some guys. I mean, quarterback position, you saw Baylor come in, you know. So the, the fact that we're, we're um, I've seen some good things too, you know, the running back position with um, Sione Finau stepping up and with, with Lopini and Soup in, in the running back core. And, um, just not enough, though. And, and defensively, uh, first half, we did pretty good, uh, you know, but we gave up too many first downs in the second half, couldn't stop the run. And then they got some really big yardage on our on our on our on our defense, and that's that's really disappointing and frustrating. The Toledo game was almost the exact same game today in terms of a team that runs for just a, a, a small number of yards in the first half, and then then goes nuts after halftime. How did you see those two games being similar that way? Yeah, just losing the game at the end and, and uh, not not um, putting it away when we should have, you know. And um, that's that's uh, like I said, just we wanted to bring the fight this this week and. Uh, just an uh, uh, ability to finish and to, to you know get the win, and that's that's a very frustrating thing for me as a head coach, and um, have to evaluate all of it again, you know. And, and this is uh, we did some things that were good. We had the ball a little bit more, but you know we we did some things that obviously didn't help us win as well. So 
Uh, that, that's that's uh, the one thing that I wanted to get taken care of was the run game on defense, and we did that for, for a half. Second half didn't do, do it well enough at all. Yeah, BYU's been outscored uh, 27-0 now in the fourth quarter. Just of the last two games, you had a lead after one, two, and three quarters today, and normally those are pretty good signs for your for your team. I want to ask about the fumbled punt because you're at your own 38-yard line, and that's normally not where we see Danny Jones. That's a long field punt, which is normally Jake. Danny's been brought in for shorter pooch field, field stuff. Why was he in for the long punt there, and what happened? Yeah, that's something I talked to Ed about, and um, the decision on why we used him there, and a communication from up in the booth down to our, our coaches on the sideline to put um, Danny in. And uh, it was just frustrating. He dropped the punt, and then and, and that gave them a short field and put points on the board for them. So uh, it's, it's, it's a, another thing to, to not stop the run, and it's another to give them short fields, you know. And, uh, again, we're creating turnovers and doing a lot of good things, and then we, we shoot ourselves in the foot by not taking advantage of some of the field positions that we're in and then giving the ball back. <coughs> Coach, uh, I've been on over the, and as I'm sure you have too, I've been part of teams that face significant adversity and uh, you start to lose some football games and you, don't, and you find yourself in a position where you don't want to be and uh, especially where the body count is so high for your guys on this football team, and, and not just in general, but at key places like your starting quarterback, your starting free safety, your starting running back. And, heck, we saw four starters today leave the game and not return. How do you combat – and what I've seen creep in is acceptance of loss, using that um, – using those excuses or using those injuries as an excuse and guys to start accepting uh, losing in a way. And I'm not saying that that has creeped in, but that might be a potential. Basically, how do you combat that and keep this team hungry and knowing what it's like to be a winner um, now that they've gone, you know, about a month with with bye weeks and so without tasting victory? Yeah, I think it's important, uh, and you bring up a good point for us to um – you know that that can never be acceptable for people to accept uh, failure and loss. You know, so uh, although there's some new bodies, I'm not using the, the injuries as, as an excuse, other than opportunities for other people to step up. But um, at the same time, we don't need to do um, to have everyone participate. We just need guys that we can count on to help us win games. And I think circling the wagons means that you 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 don't need to have everybody out there on the field. You can only use 11 guys and so uh, about the 11 most trustworthy people and then devising a scheme where if, if they're going to test our depth and we need to be, create a scheme that is beneficial for our guys and and the guys that believe in themselves and believe in the system to, and, and love football and, and will prepare the right way to be on the field and so that's that's the best way for us to prepare um you know we, we've been dealing with some injuries that's part of the game you know but I, in my past i've always been able to in my in my experience as a coach is rally around the guys that you can trust the most and that means all three phases and using the most important people in special teams on kickoff and punt um, I, I think if guys are going to take a break they do it on defense and offense we have to have our best guys on special teams as well so making that a, a bigger and more important emphasis we don't have to travel the 74 guys that we bring we could we could bring 60 and be fine and the thing is just the re- remaining just the, having the guys that, that are on the roster know that uh, winning the game is the most important thing in, the, in this weekend. How did Jaron Hall get hurt, and what does your gut tell you right now? Who does your gut say the starting quarterback is going to be against Boise? Um, I don't know all the details still, you know, um, and, and so I think 
being able to just look at it from the outside, I, I think we're going to have to rely on Baylor. But um, going to the protocol that we've normally seen from our training room, that's one thing that we'll have to go in, and that's so for us to expect the worst-case scenario, which is for, for uh, Baylor or Joe Critchlow to be the next guy up. Did Jaron play after he got hurt, or did he get hurt and then leave the game and not come back? Do you know? Yeah, he never came back. That okay. was the... Uh, I think he. I think they were going through some protocols things, and and he was uh, not able to go. Do we know where he's hurt even, <laughs> or what kind of thing it is? Or you just don't, <coughs> you're not saying. I think it's a combination of things. Okay. You know, and same thing with Keanu. It was a combination of, of injuries. So uh, obviously, there's one, and and then then you look at the other, the whether it's a concussion protocol mm. or whatever it may be. That's always a, a sensitive deal. So. There's a couple of things going on with him, just like there is with Keanu and, and possibly with Thomas Schoff. Well, it's been a it's been a brutal few weeks, hasn't it, Coach? Uh, injury wise for these guys. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and uh, we've been we've been developing and trying to get our depth right ready, and uh, you, you hate leaning on your depth this much, but that's part of the game, you know. And 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 like I was telling Riley before, that we have to have uh, just a system where we can rely on the most important guys to, to prepare the right way and believe in, in themselves and making plays and. Um, not just being happy with being on the team and playing playing on the field. Coach, you uh, have mentioned system and devising a scheme, and I, I feel like we saw a little bit of that. For example, on defense, a lot of different four-man front, and obviously utilizing or, or, or uh, magnifying Jaron's skill set and using his legs as both of those, a more aggressive defensive front and uh, the QB run game provided big plays throughout this game. How much? Where is the line between you know revamping a scheme and kind of reinventing yourself, or just making the best um, with as players and the personnel continue to change, just making adjustments versus revamping? Well, I think revamping would be something that you do that you'd never really do. Out of, you know, something that's just out of the ordinary that you haven't practiced. Now, I think there's a, a case for a lot of different things, and and from what we have established defensively, there's things that we can do scheme-wise to help our guys uh, prepare better and, and also stop the run more. But, uh, you know, we, when, when doing that, you put yourself at risk, and that's what we gave up a big play. We did some different things up front, but uh, there's a lot of different things that we can do as well. And, and if you're trying to stop the run, then, then you have to make them pass the ball, and that's what we, we try, try to do. But they, I mean, how many runs do they have? I have to look at it. But they had a high number of runs, so we didn't do it well enough, you know. And... and um, I think we're, we we had some good things happen, but we just could not generate enough momentum in the second half. And, and uh, I think a lot of that has to do with with uh, the, the team altogether being able to score more points. We, we had we put our offense in some really good situations where they've got to find a way to score points. You know, and I don't think being aggressive and and taking risks is something that's revamping as much as uh, if you just change your whole entire scheme. But you, you know, we what we have in our in our offensive. Um, background we can do a lot of different things as well and, and defensively we can as well that's it's just a matter of having the right guys on the field and, and making sure that you lean on the the ball players the, the, the ballers the most coach is there a way to coach timeliness for example you had more scoring drives than they did uh, you had you had you had 56 rushes to their 44 they only passed the ball 14 times but of course the only you know stat that really matters is is the scoreboard is there a way to coach you know the timeliness of the plays are coming up big in big moments. Yeah, I think that for us is is just finding ways to score points on defense and and that on offense. That means scoring touchdowns and finishing drives. And defense, I, I mean, you obviously don't want to give up four touchdowns, but 
if we're going to do a no huddle system and no huddle scheme, and that means you, we give in about how many plays do we have? About roughly 90, 89, 89. plays? 89, yep. Yeah, yep. 89. So 31 more plays than they did. So if you have 89 plays, you've got to come up with more than 23 points. And that's really what it comes down yeah. to. And, um, you know, otherwise we, we've got to look at some some things differently. And that's uh, right now we're, we're, we don't have a starting quarterback. We don't have a starting running back. We don't have a lot of guys that are out in the field. So um, at some point we're going to have to do whatever it takes to help us win the game. And that, that means team-wise being able to take care of each other and play the scheme that will help benefit our offense, defense, and special teams. One of the reasons BYU ran 89 plays today was because – the problems BYU had on third and short got solved today. BYU was 7 for 7 on third and shorts, third and three or shorter, which makes it so hard to have to swallow the fact that that fix didn't help you score more points today. That's the frustrating part is I thought we fixed a, a few things, and, and there's some things that we were able to, to you know improve on from last week, but then we created some more issues, you know, and, and, and uh, a dropped snap on a punt. It just cannot happen. You're a punter, and you should never drop a snap, and uh, I'm not afraid to say that to, to Danny's face. You know, that's that's his one job. The snap was a good snap. He just had to catch it and kick the ball, you know. And, and uh, if it's personnel, that's one thing. If it's if it's uh, a scheme, that's another. And so I think that one is pretty simple, just catch the ball. And, you know, looking at our kickoff team, we gave up way too many yards on the kickoff return. This is a team that actually did well in kickoffs against USC and other teams that had a lot of athleticism and speed. So... Uh, the breakdown has got to come down to us evaluating both personnel and scheme and finding a way to have more success. And that's that's the frustrating that part that I have, and that's my job. i got, I got to do a better job of making sure that we improve everything, not just the things that we're focused on. I, I wanted to take care of the, the run on defense, and we didn't do that well enough. We did it in the first half, and that was it. You know, And, and the second half, they imposed their will, and we've got to find a way to be better in the fourth quarter. And regardless of what the score is, Let's put teams away when we have a lead and then and and stay aggressive and, and be able to get more points on the board and that's that comes from from the coaches first okay final word from you then maybe uh just for uh, uh cougar nation what they want to go on here in this week to come before you take on uh, boise state on saturday yeah great opportunity with a, a team that's ranked and undefeated coming into town i mean uh, do they win today or they haven't played Their they played tonight late and, yeah yeah hawaii so late. i assume they're going to win that game against hawaii but it, regardless we we have a, a chance for us to be at home again and uh you know we, we've traveled to the east coast twice now and uh in the last couple weeks you know three weeks so it's going to be good to be at home and um, be familiar with an opponent that we've seen in the past and uh, they, they have some really big momentum in a ranked team, so this is a great opportunity. I don't think we have to do a lot of motivation for our guys to get ready. They should be ready for a ranked team to play them. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to getting all those things fixed, everything. I mean, it, from top to bottom, getting it all fixed, and it doesn't really matter what it takes. I'll, I'll be willing to do whatever it takes because these players deserve way more, and, and they deserve the, the right to have fun and, and to win. And then... You know, the fans deserve it as well, so I'm looking forward to getting that done. Okay, we'll talk to you next week, Coach. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, to more from Tampa next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation now. BYU Dining, a classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
All right, uh, we are back here at uh, Ray Raymond James Stadium in uh, Tampa, Florida. BYU falls to, 27, falls to South Florida 27-23 uh, today. Uh, one of the main themes on hashtag BYUCNN for BYU Cougar Nation now brought to you by the BYU Creamery. Why is BYU struggling so much to convert from inside the red zone? And I'll extend red zone to the 35 to get some kind of points. And as I mentioned with Kalani, if you're scoring points on 50% of your drives at the 35 or inside, that's suboptimal. That's that's not getting it done. T- t- touchdowns would be great, but but not only not touchdowns, but turnovers on downs and field goal misses and not even not even looks for points. It's just killing BYU right now because they're moving the ball. They moved the ball in Toledo, moved it here, just not finding a way to score when points are absolutely imperative. Most definitely, and this is for me. It's in the those are critical downs, and in the red zone, you have to have know exactly what your best plays are. And we're never going to get this answer in the media or in the public, but I would love to know hear from Grimes and Roddick. You know what are your best plays, and if those are your best plays, why are they not able to be effective in the red zone? The second aspect of that is who are your best playmakers? Who are your go-to guys? You know, the, one of the reasons. From my own experience, Cody Hoffman caught so many touchdowns was because he was a guy that produced inside that red zone area. When the defense has, you know, the end line, they're they're guarding less field, everything's tighter, you need guys to step up and make greater plays. And I don't know that on this team, here we are six games into the season, I don't know that we've identified those guys. And quite honestly, I don't know that we've had, you know, a lot of audition time for those guys to make plays because most of the scoring has been done outside that 35. Um, so that's priority number one. Identify which what plays are most effective and be able to execute those at a high level. And then two, who gets the ball down there and feed that guy to give yourself a chance to score. All right, uh, BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now presented, as always, by the BYU Creamery and BYU Dining. And the classic BYU tradition, have a scoop today. Tagline goes for our inside scoop trivia contest. Tonight's trivia contest is a very simple one. When BYU last defeated Boise State, who had the game-winning touchdown? Who had the game-winning touchdown for BYU the last time the Cougars defeated Boise State? No emails tonight. Just drop us your Twitter answers using the hashtag BYUCNN. Hashtag BYUCNN. If you can tell us who, be, who scored the game-winning touchdown, who caught the game-winning touchdown, spoiler alert, uh, against Boise State the last time the Cougars beat them, tweet it in. We'll get you two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. Back to Tampa after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU falls to South Florida today. USF wins at 27-23. to BYU was in command throughout all the way into the fourth quarter. The play of the game, as bizarre as it was, the play of the game ends up being a fumbled punt snap. And... Um, Again, the, uh, Kalani mentioned, I think, a miscommunication in terms of personnel at that point. BYU's leading 23-14. They just picked off a pass with Chaz Ayu intercepting uh, uh, Jordan McLeod. Now, this is late in quarter number three. 2.26 to play in the third quarter. BYU does go three and out. So they, ca- they had a chance to move the ball, didn't. All right, they went incomplete pass, three-yard rush for Jaron, incomplete pass, or rather pass complete for uh, short of the marker. They punted away on fourth and three. It was a long field punt from Danny Jones. Danny's the short field guy normally. Now, he has had a couple longer kick attempts, but generally speaking, he's the, he's the short field guy. He came out, bobbled the snap, and that turned the game. USF gets the football. Four plays later, they're in the end zone, 
and uh, 23-14 goes to 23-21 just that quickly. Once USF did take a lead, and by the way, BYU, the next possession goes 10 plays and doesn't score again. A field goal miss from Jake Oldroyd, makeable, 39 yards. He misses there. USF scores a touchdown, 27-23. Then BYU goes 13 plays and doesn't score. 23 plays of offense with zero points. And and so the doors were open for BYU to get back and come back, and it did not happen. And uh, USF holds it out and takes it to the finish. And, you know, I, during most of the game, I was thinking, well, BYU doesn't lose this game. Even though things slipped a little bit, you're not going to lose this game. They did. They, they somehow lost this game. BYU, by the way, falls now to 2-6 and six in its last eight post-bye games against FBS opponents. Hmm. So bye weeks um, used to be, I'll go back a decade or so, kind of a strong suit for BYU and not so of late. Even coming off a rest week and trying to get healthier hasn't worked out. Two and six now in the last eight after a bye. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson, and Mitchell Jurgens now up in the booth. And by the way, over on BYU Radio 107.9 FM, BYU women's soccer coverage is underway. And once we wrap up here with football, you'll be able to hear that same broadcast on the BYU Cougars app as well as BYUcougars.com slash live radio. And you can also tune over to ESPN 960 to hear soccer coverage, which was in pregame right now in the kick at the top of the hour. We've got football here. BYU uh, falls to USF 27-23. Congrats to friend of the program, Dan Haslam. We're not going to make spelling count. But the question was, who had the game-winning touchdown the last time BYU beat Boise State? And the answer is the man to my right. Mitchell Jurgens, we're not making spelling count. He was a little off on your spelling. Might have been missing a U. But we're we're going to give it to him anyway. You okay with that? <laughs> that that's okay. It's, it's kind of funny sometimes when um, I'm on the phone with someone and I, I'm, I'm trying to spell my name, and I'll even slow it down like J-U-E, and they still get it wrong, even if I tell them. So I'm going to give them, give them a break. Do you and like the lotion? Isn't there a lotion brand? There's a Jergens? lotion. You've got to add the U before okay, so the E. Okay. So it's, it's a little different. All right. Yeah. So Jurgens, not like the lotion. Not like the lotion. Okay, right? there you go. Okay, uh, so Mitch, you've been down uh, away from us all day. Uh, just uh, initial impressions on what went down here. Yeah, so one of the biggest things that you know I'm I'm looking overall, and and Kalani kind of made mention of this in his post game. Um, now it's time for a, a serious gut check. Um, you know, we all kind of thought that was after the Toledo game, where they, you know, you got a bye week. It's going to be a serious gut check. Who's in? Who's out? Um, and one thing that I would I would say the most alarming thing that I saw with this game is, and and I think I made mention of this during the game a little bit, but in the first half the energy was very high. Um, one thing that I've noticed with this BYU team is um, energy, optimism, um, intensity, and and, and buy-in in a sense is very dependent on how well this team is doing. When 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 things are high, they they're really intense and they're they're with the game, and when they're not. They're almost, uh, you know, taken back a little bit, and and for me, from from my viewpoint, that's that's got to change. That's got to start with, you know, the coaches, the senior leaders, and 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 to get these guys bought in and figure out who's not, um, who is, and then and use use those guys that are because I mean this is this is a a season. It's a long season, and you've got to have guys that are going to willing to fight and willing to give their all every single play. Um, and, and so that's kind of my one takeaway there's, and with that said, I mean, there's a lot of guys that play with their heart. We see, we see so many players that, that are giving their all. And, and I think this just needs to be more of a 24 seven thing in, in that game. And, um, you know, this, this is one of those games where just like last, uh, two weeks ago at Toledo is, you know, you come by and, and think, or after the fact, and you think this is a game that BYU should have won. 
um, the and and they just didn't. And there's there's some things that need to be fixed. And um, a lot of that I think comes down to those intangibles: who's in, who's out, um, how much do these guys really want it, um, and and who's going to show up on on Saturdays. Before the break, anything from you, Riley, on that? Just that uh, if anybody's out there looking for ideas to produce a ESPN 30 for 30, what if I told you that you would beat USC and Tennessee and lose to Toledo and USF? (laughs) What greater proof that you need to bring it every game and not take any week for granted? I think this turn, they've had ample opportunity to learn that lesson. Uh, They get another chance next week to prove that they've learned that lesson with Boise coming to town. Back to wrap things up from Tampa after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougs have lost three games in a row now and have still yet to score uh, 30 or more points in regulation yet this year. BYU falls 27-23 to USF. BYU falls to 2-4 and four on the year from the Tampa frying pan into the Boise fire. Uh, Boise State coming to BYU Saturday night. Ranked Boise State. They play late tonight, 8-15 Mountain Time kick, 10-15 Eastern against Hawaii, and that's the next game for BYU. Cougs will look to stage uh, uh, an upset on Saturday. If, if, if Boise were to do as they're favored to do, again, it would be a long time between wins for BYU. Uh, too long, certainly, for us and fans and players and coaches and everybody. That USC win seems like a long time ago now, longer still now that Toledo and USF have gotten away from BYU. And again, that, uh, that, that path towards six games or six wins uh, still exists, but it's gotten more difficult week by week. And you know, that's the, I think you explained it, Riley, the minimum threshold for this program is, is six wins and postseason eligibility. Certainly anything more grandiose than that's kind of gone out the window. Yeah, no question. And, and I, look, that's what we're dealing with in this season. I know people like to take what happened today or what's happening in 2019 and extrapolate it out and forecast where the program will be 10, 15 years from now. The reality is we don't know where that is. But this week they they have to provide – they provided the yin at 2-4, and four, and now they have to produce the yang – which is four and two in order to, like I said, meet the minimum threshold, get another bowl win, similar like how they did last year. You got another winning record. You can go out and promote some positivity because you turned the season around and hopefully get some recruits and, and build some momentum with what is still a young core coming back next year. Well, for those looking for BYU women's soccer pregame coverage, you can find it on 107.9 FM on the BYU Cougars app at byucougars.com slash live radio and also on ESPN 960 and the ESPN 960 app. That is on the air now, and the kick is at the top of the hour. Our football coverage has come to a close from Tampa today, so our thanks to the entire crew. Uh, Back at BYU Radio, our studio control coordinator, Tanner Rall, Rall, our uh, senior uh, coordinating sports producer is Terry South, our engineer, Sean Fay. We had uh, intern help back in uh, BY- in Provo today as well. In addition to Nate Slack uh, getting it done here, I believe it was intern Jeff and intern Max today at back at the studio. Does that sound right? Does that sound right to Nate? Yeah, okay. All right, we definitely had intern Nate here in Tampa. And our crew here in Tampa also including engineer Barry Squires, engineer Michael Wimmer, and my broadcast partners are Mitchell Juergens and Riley Nelson. We're back with you next Saturday from Provo's Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 6-15 pregame, 8-15 kick for BYU and Boise State. BYU falls today here at Raymond James Stadium, 27-23 to USF. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Tampa. 
You've been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. BYU football is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. BYU football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.